BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. improves children's health by developing better treatments and technologies. Ranked number five in the nation, we take on the most complex, rare, and life-threatening conditions because all children deserve a healthy future. Learn more at childrensnational.org innovation. The heat is finally ending overnight, but we've got... A, a tropical storm coming in. It just never ends here in Southern California. Steve Gregory is here. Hi, Steve. Hey, good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, I went from not seeing you for like a year, <laughs> been here for and a then year. all of a sudden I see you like four <laughs> times today. Yeah, because every time I see you, I'm like, you have to come in there right now and tell me what you're doing right now, because I want to hear what you're talking about right now, because you're Steve Gregory. Can't find uh, it. Stop it. Uh, so the Fairview Fire, twenty over 27,000 yeah. acres, 5% containment. Blake Trolley was saying earlier, over 37,000 people have been ordered evacuated, but most of them are saying... Uh, screw you. What yeah. can you tell me about the, the fire? Well, in the, the reason of the evacuation, so I was talking with uh, those that uh, sort of make these kinds of decisions, the fire behavior specialists at Cal Fire and also the, the incident command meteorologists. I spoke to both of them earlier, and what they're doing is they're, they're concerned for a couple reasons. One, high winds. As you know, covering you know Southern California for many years, winds are a deadly mix when it comes to wildfire. For a couple of reasons, uh, it it, it, help, it increases the speed of the moving fire, and two, it propels embers, burning embers, up to a mile or so away, and that's usually a mile or so away from assets that are already in place mm. for structure protection or for some sort of a perimeter protection, and this is what's got everyone concerned. So, to err on the side of caution, they want to get all those people out of there. Because they don't know if those winds are going to whip up embers and start blowing them in all kinds of multiple directions and causing these spot fires. Uh, I get it. So it's not that they're like we can't get to you. But then I always wonder as we go through, 
I talked about yesterday the fires a few years ago that went down through Calabasas to Malibu. Some people stayed with their homes, and that's the reason why their homes survived, because there just weren't enough assets to save everybody's home. And you make this calculated decision of, you know, for me, I would have been out of there. I don't, it's a, it's a house. Right. Some people felt differently. Sure. And, you know, you do put firefighters at risk, even though you don't want them to, you're like, leave me alone, but they, they're compelled to have to try and rescue you. Uh, and in a case like this, where you figure the rain's coming, well, why don't I just stay? Cause the rain's coming. Yeah, you're just rolling the dice. Either of course way, you are. You're just rolling the dice. But it's not, you know, you're doing firefighters no favors. No, because what you what happens then? You're absolutely right. It's like Hurricane Katrina. At some point, when they told everyone to evacuate yes. and get out of town, some people will for some reasons they couldn't. You know, some of those people didn't have means to get out of town. Others refused to leave their homes. And then what happens is they become, um, you know, I don't want to say they become victims of the circumstance, but they they become sort of stuck in their homes, requiring assets to go save right, them. Right, right, right. And then they're, so they're pulling those assets off of the moving right. fire. And it's just, it's very complicated. I sort of feel like you just, if you make that decision, you've made that decision. And and I know, you know, public safety, but, you know, you made that call. You know, and it's, there are some counties who, if you refuse to evacuate after you're told to do so, you sign a waiver. And it says basically, okay, you've been warned and right. you've been told but you're not a priority if, if all hell breaks loose and you call 911 and you pop up on the screen and says, yeah, you know what? We'll get to you when we get to you. I think that's how it should be. I think that that makes that's fair. That makes sense. I, that's what I think. Are you also one of those that believes that if you <laughs> one uh, of those I love any line that starts? Are you also one of those who thinks the earth is flat? <laughs> no, 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 no. The moon landing never happened. Oh, no, Karen. No, what I meant is that uh, <laughs> are you no? Are you one of those that? So if you really, you know, do something stupid and they have to deploy all these assets that you should pay that uh, tab. Right. Like you go hiking and you don't have any water. Right. Yes. Or, or you're in high heels and you're hiking up yes. know, Mount Baldy and you should pay the tab back. Yes. Do you remember that case a few years ago? I know we're getting off topic. No. Remember the case a few years ago, the two young, the man, or the young man and young woman, uh, the couple, the yeah, that high they, school couple. Yeah. Yeah. The, with the. Orange County. Yes. Yes. Remember they took off and they were doing drugs. Yes. And, and the search was on forever. And it, and somebody got injured, like a permanent back injury, and they deployed helicopters and all kinds of crap, and the tab was like tens of thousands of dollars. Right, which you never collect. So I ask at the press conference, because that's what I do when I ask those questions, on <laughs> you know, the, the the one of the parents of the kids standing next to me, and I say, do you think these folks here should be on the tab for the, you know, or on the hook for the tab? Oh, you know, the looks I get. It was pretty funny. Really? Well, did you say, because you did say to Rick Caruso yesterday, is it going to come back and bite you in the ass? <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm so used here at KFI to writing economy of words. I, the fewest words possible. So I didn't want to, why, why waste words and time by saying, well, Rick, are you worried about any, you know, any kinds of ill effect after blah, 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 blah. Just say, are you afraid you're going to get bit in the ass? You know, come on. <laughs> I do like that. You, and you mentioned Phil Schumann yesterday. Do you remember... Laurel Erickson. Oh, yeah. She was, there are very few reporters in my career who, you being one of them, <laughs> really did not care what you thought. Right. If you, you could have been the president, you could have been Queen Elizabeth, and she did not care. No. And she would just come right out and ask the tough questions. And she didn't, she because she really didn't care. You know, me, I kind of like want to ease into it. Well, you know, 
aren't you afraid that there you know, there might be something in your history? You know, that kind of, but she'd be like, she'd be like you. Well, here's the thing though. I think, and I bet Laurel was like this too. Uh, I loved Laurel. She was funny. Uh, but when I was younger, I wasn't like that because I, you was still, you know, kind of feel your way around until you get that experience and then you get those chops and then you're like, okay. And then you get to that age and you're in the business and right. you're like, okay, I don't really care. Well, and you don't really need, I don't. Yeah. And then, Laurel Erickson, I'll never forget when she was doing a story on John and Ken, and she totally butchered their names, John Cobalt and Ken Chompas. I'll never forget that. This is what I love. She didn't care, but she was a damn good reporter, a yeah. damn good street reporter. I don't know if she's listening out there, Laurel, but we, uh, I, I miss those days. Anyhow, back to what I wanted to ask you. Sure. You've been looking into the how, what are we doing on time? Oh, okay. Mm. We're going to wait. Yeah, we got a break. After the break, I want to talk about the heat impact on firefighters. And sure. I hope we have enough time for you to squeeze in. We've got to make time to squeeze in about Squid Game Downtown. Sure. Okay. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. KFI AM640. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. Hope you are in, have something. What are you going to do this weekend, Steve Gregory? You have a show. Well, yeah. Tomorrow I'll be uh, editing and doing whatnot. And then I travel on Sunday. And so. You just want us to leave you alone for a while. Well, you know, the thing is, is I had my whole day planned out, mapped out today until the likes of you come in there and start saying, I need you here and I need you there. And Ray, you know, Ray's like, I need you here. I need you there. And then whatever. And then stupid DA files motions and blah, blah, blah. I will. uh, You you only have to work nine more minutes. (laughs) Except I started at 730 this morning. Oh, with handle. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, First drinks are on me. Yeah. What is this about? We know the firefighters, but they're trained to deal with heat. But you've got some interesting stuff about what's happened with them. Yeah, you know, when it all started uh, last week, uh, the California Office of Emergency Services out of the governor's office had had a press conference about fires going on in in California and the extreme heat and sort of uh, what Cal ISO was up to. And a question had come up in the press conference that got me really thinking. Someone had asked, you know, firefighters... Uh, it appears that they're getting heat-related injuries at an all-time high. Could it get so bad that you might want to scale back firefighting operations in California to give firefighters a break? I had never heard that question before. I thought that was a very interesting question. And so the the assistant director of Cal Fire, she answered the question and said, no, we we won't be doing that. Um, but then she went on this whole thing about, you know, wellness and kind of what they do got me to thinking, what are we doing here locally with firefighters? So I reached out to Dr. Clayton Kazan. He's the medical director of the LA County fire department. And, uh, it's very fascinating because he was not only talking about some of the things they go through and the routines they go through to try to keep the firefighters hydrated and rested. But he explained to me that what people don't realize is all that firefighter gear, they call them turnouts or the wildland fire uh, Nomex pants. and uh, uh, But that stuff is not designed to breathe. So when they wear that stuff and they sweat, because our bodies expel heat through sweat, it there's no place for it to go because the way that the fire retardant chemicals are on the, on the clothing and the treatment of it, it has to stay... It's a it seal. It has to seal, exactly. It's a, an occlusal seal. And so... This is a problem because he explained it to me as imagine putting on an oven mitt over your entire right. body. Or it's like being you're you're now immersed in a pot of your own boiling water. Yes. So now they're faced with this. And then if you're in a wildland fire and you're carrying a pack, if you happen to be on a hand crew and you're carrying a 50, 60, 70 pound pack on your back 
and a chainsaw and a you know and a Pulaski tool and all these other things. I mean, you're talking tens of pounds of equipment on top of the heat. And there's not many places for shade out in a wildland fire scenario. In an urban fire scenario, you're carrying your oxygen tank, your apparatus on the back, your mask, and then that mask also, you know, seals your face and it's a it's it's but becoming you know, this, a high risk. Yeah, it's not this is not new, except we're hearing, as you said, this question about more um, heat injuries, uh, heat exhaustion uh, for firefighters, maybe because they're fire they're fighting more fires than they well, usually but do. temperatures are hotter now than they were, right? And that's the problem. And how do you disrupt that? I mean, how do you create a new fabric that is both protective and breathable? Well, that's that's a whole different discussion. And, and Dr. Kazan was talking about the fact that right now, the, the way that the technology is set, that's about the best practices they can do. Mm. So what they have in place, because remember, the story had come out also recently about the carcinogens that are in that fire retardant. It's in, those, in the clothing, mm-hmm. the body of the clothing. So they have a plan in place, at least at County Fire, when they come off of a fire line, whether it's urban or wildland, they have a system in place where they have to take off all of their clothing and then they sort of, you know, kind of go like a, you know, like they do a radioactive wash, like a shower. They have to shower. Then they take all those, all that clothing and they put it into a, another bag and then they have a, re, a set of replacement clothing that's already Jeez. been cleaned. Yeah. And then they have to launder that other clothing Jeez. and get those, those chemicals off of that before they use them the next, and they just rotate those around. Well, you know what I saw in Okinawa when I was in there there in July and August. And by the way, don't go to Okinawa in July and August. <laughs> Every day is like eighty eight degrees, feels like one hundred and seven. Uh, it is just brutal. But I was there to see my grandchildren finally with COVID. Um, uh, after COVID, Japan finally opening up. The work crews out there at midday will be wearing long sleeve jackets with fans that puff them inside up. So they're. The intake, I don't know. They must have like Freon inside these jackets or something, but they wear long sleeve like those puffy jackets. And you see two, two, I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Two little fans on each, one on each hip spinning around, somehow keeping them cool in this ridiculous heat. Now, I don't think it would work in the fire because I'm assuming your intake is the external air, but there must be some kind of Freon inside of these jackets to keep them cool. Craziest thing I've ever seen, but leave it to the Japanese to do something very unique and innovative. You're right. And the Koreans, too, because the Koreans are like that. Now, let's transition real quick. Very good. We've got another minute. You were down. I am the. I am a huge Squid Game fan. I hope it wins the Emmy. Uh, you were downtown. The star was there. The director was there. Squid, what, what was that? So, John Lee, councilman for L.A. City Council, uh, they're declaring September 16th as Squid Game Day in Los Angeles. <laughs> now... When I first saw the release from his office, I said, I got to go to this. Well, of course. I, I as well, I'm a right. fan. And the lead actor, huge fan of his yes, anyway. Yes, he's yes. He's been in other shows that I... It was it Lee Jung-Jay? Lee Jung-Jay? Yeah, and yeah. then uh, in, in Chief of Staff is one of my favorites he's done. Amazing. It's really good. So anyway, so I said, I got to go to this. I have no idea what it's about, but I got to go. And I didn't expect the actor and the creator and the director and all, all those folks to be there. It was just John so Lee and, cool. the, and, the, and, the, and the mayor... But what they were doing is they were just bringing attention to the fact that this show, Squid Game, has now become this global phenomenon and that it has attracted so much attention. But what it has done is brought attention to the Korean community in a positive way yeah. in terms of yeah. the creativity. Yeah, well, that and Parasite winning the right. Oscar was just so amazing, amazing time. They were really just trying to honor the guy. But the director, 
I didn't know he went to USC USC film school. Of course, and he, and he and he spent six years in L.A. And he says, which made me laugh, it was a part of his inspiration for Squid Game. I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, if you rode the Metro, <laughs> of course it was your inspiration for Squid oh, well, Game. I predict, so they didn't play Red Light, Green Light? No. Oh. No, they did not. And they didn't play Squid Game? No, but they, they made it clear that this no one was going to be on the hook for anything. But it was really just to bring awareness to the contributions of the Korean arts community. Uh, and I will tell you before we go, I did a story when the show was out there was a huge debate in the Korean American community. I went down to K-Town and elsewhere about the, not the subtitles. If you watched it in Korean with the subtitles, that was the way to go. Yeah. But when they dubbed in English voices for, it was terrible. Sometimes oh, the translations were not. That. Well, you lose all the emotion as great as voice voiceover actors are. But what they were saying is that the translations were wrong. Sure. That you were missing all the context. Yeah. So I love, I can't. They're coming out with another one? Yeah, second season, and they were trying to push to f let us know when that was going to happen and what was going to be. And then they all just kind of laugh and then bow. <laughs> they don't tell us anything. Right, exactly. But um, I will tell you that my feature on the, on the story today, uh, Mark Ronner, is coming up here in a couple minutes. All right, so we're going to let you go. And uh, up next, we're going to talk about what's happening with the money we're sending in Ukraine, to Ukraine. Jane Wells, filling in for John Ken, KFI AM640. I hired a lot of my work as a film director. And of course, uh, also that includes my creation of Squid Game as well. And I always hold dearly my... My time spent here in L.A. Mayor Garcetti says L.A. is home to the most Koreans outside of South Korea. Steve Gregory, KFI News. The L.A. County DA's office has filed a motion to oppose bail for a woman accused of killing six people in a car crash in Windsor Hills. Nicole Linton claims she lost consciousness prior to the collision on August 4th, but the DA's office says an extensive physical and mental workup at UCLA concluded Linton was conscious and in control of her vehicle. Investigators say Linton was going 122 miles per hour in her Mercedes, but five seconds before impact, she sped up to 130 miles per hour. She's facing six counts of murder. The head of the U.N. Atomic Watchdog has called for an immediate safety zone at Ukraine's nuclear power plant to prevent a disaster. Director of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Rafael Grossi, says the Ukrainian operator is considering shutting down the only remaining operating reactor. He says the plant has no off-site power. He says once infrastructure is repaired, it gets damaged again, and that's completely unacceptable. Southland weather from KFI. Cloudy and rainy tonight with lows in the mid-70s around Metro L.A. Showers and thunderstorms likely tomorrow and possibly Sunday with a break in the heat to mid-80s around the Metro L.A. area. It is looking slow on the 22 in Garden Grove. Eastbound side to laser loading up at Euclid, taking you ahead all the way to the 55 freeway. And traveling westbound on the 22, it's slow leaving the 55, heading back towards Euclid. Let's now check in with Will Kohlschreiber, KFI in the sky. Boy, both directions of the 110 freeway in downtown L.A., just a parking lot basically between Stadium Way and Vernon as you make your way either north or southbound. Nothing in lanes that we can see, but certainly big delays there. Also, uh, the eastbound side of the 10 freeway, it's pretty terrible. Maybe people just driving a lot slower because of the rain, but it is slow as you get out of downtown Santa Monica, actually almost as you get away from Lincoln, making your way all the way across into the East L.A. interchange. Will Cole Schreiber, KFI in the Sky. The 91 eastbound remains a mess out of Carson. Delays from Avalon, and you're on the brakes all the way to Adams and Riverside. KFI in the Sky helps get you there faster. I'm Angel Martinez. Are you a business owner? The federal government earmarked $135 billion in COVID tax refunds for small and medium-sized businesses. And most of this money will never be claimed. 
RefundsPro.com helps business owners get through the red tape of qualifying for the employee tax credit. Your business can qualify even if you received PPP funds, and most refunds are over $100,000. There's no downside to apply and no fees unless you receive a refund. There's a deadline, so visit RefundsPro.com to get started. That's RefundsPro.com. Looking for a couple's getaway now that the kids are back in school? Look no further than Catalina Island, California's island escape. Avoid the hassle of high fuel costs for your quick, easy getaway and enjoy some quiet relaxation with fewer crowds. Book your next vacation at VisitCatalinaIsland.com. Termite problems? Search PacificCoastTermite.com or call 800-PACIFIC. For unmatchable durability, no matter how deep the color, it's Benjamin Moore Paints. Go to BenjaminMoore.com. Go solar with local and veteran-owned Simper Solaris. Visit SimperSolaris.com. You know what still works in a rolling blackout? A simple radio with a battery in it. Stay informed if the grid goes down by keeping it on KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Sorry, I was, uh, I was, uh, it's almost over, people. It's almost over. John and Kim will be back on Monday. Everything will be right with the world. Uh, Ray won't have to be standing by the phone. He can go to the bathroom as much as he wants. Ray, don't go anywhere because I am going to want to take calls in the next segment, if anybody can call in. Some people tried because I've been complaining about For some reason, over the last five or six years, I get the worst table in ever. And I mean, I can be dressed up. Uh, It doesn't matter. Something about me, the host or hostess or whatever gives me the worst table. And I always have to say, hey, can I have that table there? Oh, okay. And they give it to me, but it's always the sort of, so I'm going to want, I'll ask you again later. Don't, you don't have to call right now. If you are a wait staff or hostess, how, why is this happening? What am I doing wrong? How can a person get a good table? What's, what's the secret? In the meantime, we're sending an awful lot of money to Ukraine. Now we all, uh, I, I do. I mean, maybe not everybody, but we all are in for Ukraine. Uh, or most of us are, I would say but U.S. military aid to Ukraine, our taxpayer dollars, now tops $15 billion, with a B, $15 billion, including an additional $3 billion in military aid that has just been announced. Um, this is actually a total of $15.2 billion now, if you add it all up. So I, a few months ago, for my um, money newsletter, Well Street at janewells.bulletin.com, I went and talked to John Sopko. Now, John Sopko is a, has been for the last 14 years the special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction. He was the guy who was brought in to try and follow our dollars in Afghanistan. By the way, we had nobody following our dollars in Afghanistan for the first seven years. We just, it's kind of like what we're doing with Ukraine now. We're sending the money over there and hoping for the best, and you never know what's going to happen to it. Well, the war in Afghanistan, by the way, according to Brown University, cost Americans over $2 trillion with a T. So I asked Sopko, we'll get back to Afghanistan in a minute, about Ukraine and what we should be looking at now if we want to try and start following the money sooner rather than later in Ukraine. And he had three things he would look at. Here's what he had to say. Looking at the sole source contracts, 
that's always going to be a problem. The GAO and I think every good accounting office and agency has said you shouldn't do them, but we tend to do it. And we tend to do it because we want to get money out the door quickly. And there's always some problems with sole source contracting. I'd look at that. I'd definitely look at logistics. Uh, that was a big problem in Afghanistan where moving the equipment, moving the supplies, moving the material to Afghanistan, we, the U.S. government, were being ripped off by everybody and actually paid a lot of money to the Taliban. The third thing is, and it has nothing to do with money itself, is so what's our strategy? And that was a big problem in Afghanistan. What's winning? Knowing what winning is and knowing what a strategy is, then you can see if you're going in the right direction. And every administration, after every disaster, whether it's Vietnam, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, says, we're never going to do it again. Well, guess what? We're going to do it in Ukraine. We're in the course of doing it in the Ukraine. So take some of those lessons and start applying them. But I don't see, I don't see that. That's probably the biggest surprise I, I have in I shock. I don't understand why it's always the first time. Why we don't take the lessons we've learned from the past and and we spend all this money writing all these papers. I mean, his company, his his uh, uh, office has written paper after paper after paper after what went wrong and and how to prevent it in the future. And yet that's all ignored in the rush. And I understand in the first few weeks, but we're now months and months. Pretty soon we're coming up on the first anniversary of this uh, war. And what are we doing to follow our dollars? Here's what happened in Afghanistan after he came on board. So he didn't, he wasn't responsible for following all $2 trillion, but he probably had about $130 billion in programs that he was trying to follow for reconstruction of Afghanistan, reconstruction programs after uh, the uh, Taliban had been defeated. <laughs> for a while. And also then for um, uh, this included human assistance, that sort of thing, USAID stuff. He suspected, I want anybody to guess, how much graft lost money unaccounted for of that? uh, What percentage? uh, We're going to do a little quick round robin of the money that we sent to Afghanistan was never accounted for. Mark, 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 I was glad you're wrong again. Do it. You want to say it again. I know. I, I Ron, know Mark, Ron, Mark. What is it? What, how much? Uh, I'm going to say all of it because maybe we shouldn't have been in there in the first place. But uh, the as far as uh, the percentage. Uh, that was not accounted for. Uh, let's go with 30%. All right. Eric? I'm saying at least half. Uh, Angel? Poor Angel. She's like trying to work. Ray? Hi. Hey. Hi, hey. Did you hear the question? Um. A little bit. <laughs> Here's the question. I didn't hear it all. Okay, I know. Okay. You're busy doing. You're busy working. What percentage of money that we, taxpayer money that we sent to Afghanistan was never accounted for? What percentage? Oh, 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 easy. 75%. Uh, Ray? I'm with Angel. That's about right. Bold. Uh, actually, Mark was right. 30%. 30% hmm. was never accounted for. So I guess it was better than we thought. That equated only to $43 billion. Oh. $43 billion. <laughs> Of your money, people, that at least in this one case was never accounted for. And here were things when he talks about uh, what was considered a success. And this is a problem that is probably carrying on through Ukraine. You consider it a successful program, not based on the results, but just based on 
spending the money. For example, there was a program that they were going to restart or help replenish. They were trying to get everybody off growing opium. So they were going to the the goat industry, whether it was goat milk or goat meat or whatever. They were going to help. The U.S. government had this great idea that we're going to help uh, expand and improve the Afghan livelihood of goat herders. So the plan was to make Afghan goats better. They were going to fly in these better goats from Italy. And I don't know how many millions of dollars this program cost, but the point was you were going to fly these Italian goats in. They were going to mate with the Afghan goats. It was going to be wonderful, and this industry would start to take off. So they flew in the Italian goats. And within six months, either the goats died on the way there or they were eaten by the locals. So the the. The program was a complete disaster, but it was marked down, John Sapko says, as a success because they bought the goats. There was no follow-up after until his office started going around and asking what. His office has also done several investigations into corruption of contractors, a lot of them American. And here's the deal. He is still on the job. We pulled out of Afghanistan a year ago. But we've designated nearly $800 million in humanitarian aid since last August. When I talked to him, he was still running 40 criminal investigations. And the problem he's now facing, at least of when we spoke earlier this summer, is as he's trying to conduct these investigations, suddenly the State Department is no longer responding to his requests for information. They are saying, hey, your job is done. There is no more reconstruction Uh, We don't have to report to you on what we're doing. And so he's going through Congress to try and make them cough up the information because this guy won't give up. Now, we have nobody like that. There's an internal uh, inspector general for, uh, uh, you know, the Defense Department or the State Department over in Ukraine. But that person is looking at every single thing that the Defense Department is spending money on. What he's suggesting is that there needs to be a special inspector general specifically following the money in Ukraine, and that is not happening yet. So expect, as you see, there's more money. Oh, we're sending another $2 billion to Ukraine. Look, I want Zelensky to win. I am a Zelensky fan. He's not a perfect person. Nobody is, but he's better than Putin. I'm on his side. He was minding his own business when Putin invaded I want him to win. I want him to have the tools and resources he needs to win. And by the way, he's doing a heck of a job. But I also want to know where my money's going. I just want somebody to tell me, I, I, I'm willing, I don't know, what's a reasonable amount of graft? 10%, I think 10%. I, I think skimming 10%, it would be great. So I, I would say, I just want someone to follow the money. Here's what I also want. Okay, this is where I take your calls. I want someone to tell me why I keep getting a lousy table. What is it that makes you decide as a waitress or a hostess to give somebody a good table or somebody a bad table beyond slipping you, I don't know, a 20 or 50 or whatever? I mean, if I call to make a reservation, what do I do? If I show up and you look at me, it's like all of a sudden you change your plans. Um, I I never want to disagree too much because I'm afraid you go in the back. You know, you heard that John and Ken conversation about what happened to the guy's salad at what Red Robin or whatever. I, uh, I don't want you to spit in my food. And so what can I do? What can any of us do who's listening right now is going to go out to dinner tonight, tomorrow night, this weekend, to land a better table? 
If you're a waitress or a hostess or a hotel or a restaurant manager, call 1-800-5201-KFI, 1-800-5201-534, 5201-534. Educate us. Ray Lopez, you cannot go to the bathroom. These calls are going to come in. I see one coming in right now. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. I believe the boys are back here on Monday as you head into Friday. I, as soon as I leave here, I'm going to my favorite restaurant, Los Agaves, uh, out in Westlake Village, where they know me. So I usually am able to sit near the bar. Enrique, the bartender, makes the best margarita. He knows what I want because I'm a regular there. But whenever I go somewhere else and try to make a reservation, uh, or I make a reservation, I don't know what it is, but I walk in and there's something about the way that it's it's reverse discrimination after centuries of being at the head of the line. Now I'm paying the price and being at the back of the line. I get the worst table. I always have to ask for another table. I even went to a place in Newport Beach where in Newport Beach, my people, you would think, you know, and I said, can I have a table away from the live music? And they sat me right next to the live music. So it's just there's something about me. So I asked people to call in who work in the restaurant industry, who deal with this, about what I can do right, what any of us can do right to get a good table. And uh, Rick, you first. Rick, what what am I doing wrong? What do I need to do right? Well, everyone likes to be appreciated. You know, I, it, it, it's worked for me. It's worked, I, it's worked. Oh. What are you doing today? What's going on? Are you okay? Boy, you look like you're just getting run ragged. This looks like... And then, then you've got to say, oh, yeah, it's been a tough day, whatever. Oh, I can imagine. Hey, by the way, uh, can you, then you ask for the table. Can I get something over there if it's possible? I know, I know you're busy. I know you're swamped, and, 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 and it rarely ever fails. So, in other words, you haven't, like, um, you, how often do you make these decisions on the spot when someone walks in? You know what I mean? Like, you, you're, it, is it 90% of the time they just walk in and you decide right then where they're going to sit? No, well, a lot of times it's already decided because they're trying to, depending on the seating, they're trying to distribute the, everyone evenly. Right. Right. You don't want one waiter or waitress overwhelmed and, every, and the other ones are standing around. Because then everybody's like, well, why am I waiting for my food? And he got his food already. Because, right. So you're, they're trying to balance it. They're trying, and, and they're trying to distribute it. And, and so, you know, but at the same time, they obviously have a little latitude. It's like, hey, uh, but but again. Everyone likes to be appreciated. Everyone likes to feel like you actually care about them, not just, you know, what what you're So what come you're in doing. with a smile and say, hey, how you doing? I mean, I looks crazy in here. How you doing? How you holding up? And, um, you know, you do that little thing for a little bit and say, well, we're so excited to be here. If it's at all possible, can I have a, a you know, a better table and see what happens? Yeah. I would say that works. Can I throw something else in on the, on the uh, unaccounted for money? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because it's it's accounted for doesn't mean it was spent properly. Oh. You know, they lots <laughs> right. of times they've got guys say, "Yep, so and so's just bought, you know, spent a took a hundred. This guy skimmed a million dollars off this thing." Well, it's accounted for because they know who took it, and <laughs> they just write, and they write that off as a loss. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your calls. Rick weighing in on our taxpayer dollars being sent to Ukraine and also how to score a good table. This is what I love about KFI uh, listeners. They are, uh, you know, multifaceted, uh, really just sort of Da Vinci-like uh, characters, Renaissance people. Uh, Tom, Thomas, uh, what? Oh. Are you there? I lost you there. Oh, I'm here. Okay, how do I get it? How does someone get a good table? 
Well, you have to remember, people working in the restaurant business, they earn minimum wage, which means they rely on the tips. And you have to tip from the maitre d' to the hostess to whomever seats you. And if you're a female by yourself, you should take a man with you. Oh, is that... And now, why is that? Neil Savage is about to follow. You might think you're open for business. (laughs) Thomas, thank you for your call. I appreciate that. (laughs) See, would they think I'm open for business? Because that would be pretty, because I'm not going to get much business if you know what, you know? Says who? Well, you. Says who? She's (laughs) self-deprecating crap. I'm not falling for it. While, while you were talking to uh, Steve Gregory, I texted him, hey, I'm filling in for Conway. You want to come on? It's all, dude, it's been a long day. I've heard him on every single show today. Every single show. I just thought, well, maybe I could guilt him into coming yeah, on. Yeah, no, I... Um, like, but I'm so sorry. I'm like... Yeah. I'm, not, I'm effing with you. Yeah. I get it. Well... I've heard you on You're not handle. the only one. Ray Lopez came in here, and I'm not going to name the host. He said, "He says so and so is wondering if you can come on this weekend." And he's and he said, "No, I can't, I can't." And and Ray said, "I'm just screwing with you." Uh, so what are your I'm thoughts? I'm gonna call on- him in the morning and say, "I just am tired. I can't do the fork report. Can you come in and fill it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you do that? Just, like, we should all text like him all weekend. Ca- yeah. Is there a cold case or something you yeah. can just come in and talk about? Can you talk about cold cuts instead of cold <laughs> cases? Just some gabagoo. Uh, before we get to what you're doing, so yes. what are your thoughts? Because does it happen to you? It is it is really happening to me, especially when I'm with my husband. I, I, well, I Maybe it's better when I am alone and they think I am open for business, according to Thomas, and then I can go get a... No. I, yeah. First, what you got to do, sweetheart, <laughs> is bring a man. Then they know there's some money there. <laughs> he's got a job. He's the breadwinner. I love and he knows how to drive. <laughs> uh, not only are KFI listeners, but the callers, because the callers are better than me. First of all, Jane, in between the walk from your car to the door to the hostess, try and grow a penis. <laughs> if you can, a set of balls, even better. But listen, <laughs> I was like, what the, what the hell Where's does that going? mean? No, what, what he meant mean? was if you are solo, it means... You're going to want to sit at the bar uh, and get drinks paid for. Yes. Uh, and whatever. I know what you're implying. Yes, I'm not going to walk there. It doesn't. Why? Yeah. Just because a single woman walks in there. Why not a single dude? That's true. And what if you're swingers? So you bring your husband and okay. everybody's running Stop around. Stop what you're saying. I interviewed swingers yesterday. I'm That's not, why I'm not... it was on my. <laughs> you did what? I did. And I'm doing a story. Because she doesn't like just the regular ones off the street. She likes to interview them first. Uh, no, their name is Dan and Lacey. They do the Swing Nation podcast. They are, uh, it is a wild story because I'm doing a story on the business. Like these hotels that allow takeovers and cruise ships that allow takeovers by non-monogamous uh, uh, relationship. Uh, and and how often do you do it? And and they have a podcast now. And are you making money on it? And how did it affect your job? I mean, people have you know, people have had their kids taken away from them. That's coming up later. But yeah, so you would say. What's it like to disappoint so many women at one time? Um, <laughs> it's like those are the Interviewing, vetting, potato, yeah. potato. <laughs> yeah. Let I mean. me just say, in their particular case, and every, every non-monogamous couple is different, they stay in the room the whole while they're with other people. They okay. want to be in the same room. They don't want the other person to leave. And he does not, he invests a lot in Viagra. He does not finish his um, evening his until he's with her. 
at the end of the night. So he says. <laughs> no, but they're what in the room. Baby, they're baby. In the room. And they, and they, I say, how often do you do that? About once a month. It's not like she says, it's not like we're doing it. You know, we, we're swinging with people every She says, too exhausting. Wait, they're having sex once a month? No, they have sex every day. I'm joking. Oh. I'm married. You're married. Yeah. I was just well, thought, for what? Us, once yeah. a month? Well, yeah. yeah. What the yeah. heck? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Talk about asbestos suits. <laughs> Tying it back to the fire department. <laughs> what are you what are you talking about tonight? Do um, you even know? Uh well, basically it's uh it's Armageddon stage one. Yeah. You know, it's like what else are you gonna talk? Yeah. You know, fires and wind and rain and flash floods and hurricanes. And then we're going to have some fun. We always do Nalgas Fridays when I'm here. Nalgas means, you know, cheeks in Spanish. So whichever set you want to participate in, uh, we just have fun. Have a good time. And Excellent. Let the let the day take us where it may. Um, we are going to talk to some good folks throughout the day, but uh, throughout the evening. But really, Fridays are for fun and information. Yes, yes. Do you, is this end times? When when do we know that it really is? No man shall know the day nor the hour, but <laughs> holy crap, am I right? I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> like, <laughs> look out there, people, am I right? Oh Thus gosh. said the Lord. <laughs> I don't know, but but I know that we're closer now than ever before. Oh my gosh, and closer now. you and, and now. Ray Lopez, you two should just, I, I would I would listen to that all day, every day. Two beans on the scene, we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. Uh, all right, I'm out of here. Jane Wells, thanks for having me, folks. KFI, AM640, Neil Savedra is up next. Bye! It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.